and and that took me into you know getting fit and stuff and and, and that was really really helpful and as that happened the signal got stronger mm. and it became more grounded more and the information became less general you know it's all light and we're all beautiful into mm. more specific stuff mm. and the, the then then it moved from there and, and about two or three oh gee no probably seven or eight years ago um master jesus started presenting himself more strongly um in in my life and uh the channeling started being no longer sananda but more um master more the master and I was deeply in a, in a stage in my life where I was following um, teacher, spiritual teachers or the guru tradition. And um, I came to realize that, 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 uh, that, that Jesus, that, that master was, um, was guru to me and teacher to me. Um, and I had a living teacher uh, at the time as, you know, as well. And then the trans you know i guess the transition then came across to me instead of um looking at at at, uh, at at jesus and saying okay so you know so you know what what's your you know, what are your messages and looking at his life and his messages the teaching started to roll through which was no 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 no, no water into wine no no, no that's not what that meant no, Lazarus, no 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 that's not what that meant this is what it meant and this is why it meant it and this is how we were living this is what we were doing if you took that which is out you believe and see is outside you the faith in jesus and place that within you because it is you then you would understand that that prayer that that prophecy that that manifestation that that creativity we call it whatever it is that you will is in fact you you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Do I have a treat for you today? <laughs> I'm about to introduce you to a good friend, an uh, extraordinary human being actually. I've, I'm just looking at his bio. His bio goes on forever and ever. His name is Rob Sampson. Welcome to the show, Rob. Well, thank you for having me, Karen. We're going to talk about all sorts of things today, but let me just tell you a little bit about Rob, he's obviously, he's been in market, he's been in the corporate world for a long time in marketing and uh, publishing. And, you know, your bio says here that you uh, look at the whole content marketing stream through stories when people are grappling with what people are grappling with and why it's needed, exciting times and blah, blah, blah. And um, storytelling has been a, a big part of your life, helping people tell their story with content marketing. But you've done many things. One, once upon a time, an actor, trained as an actor, film and stage, and you're a soapy star for a little while on a soap opera on television. I was the most famous person I knew. 
you're a famous person for a while. <laughs> so <I'm> stuck. <laughs> Spent six years in a band chasing the rock stardom, trying to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. Don't give up the day, day job. And um, <laughs> wrote the words, wrote the words or channeled the words for a book about peace that was sold in 22 countries, explored many paths of understanding uh, about the nature of our physical form, including meditation, alternative philosophies and practice. And it says here that you ride a bike. You're also famous for being married to the beautiful and delicious Antoinette Sampson, Ananda Netti, who started the Peace Angels and uh, the peace movement, well, a big peace movement in, in Sydney and uh, is a, obviously a teacher and a meditation teacher. She's been on the show a couple of times. So if you want to hear my conversations with Ananda Netti, or Antoinette, just go to my website and you'll see. I'll put a link under the YouTube and on the iTunes if you want to listen to our uh, conversations. But today we're talking Rob and we're talking channeling Master Jesus. So I caught up with you recently and uh, we were talking about all things spiritual as we do. And uh, you were talking about how he came to you and has been talking to you for a long time, really. Yes, yeah. Look, my bio reads of a misspent life in many ways, but it's also been a quite a rich experience. Um, because the 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 story is the same as everybody's story. We're we're just kids working our our way through it all, trying to make some sense. And we live in a, in a world which seems to have a whole lot of sort of structures and and rules around it. And I consistently bang up against that. And I've, and I've come to the conclusion that that set of rules, I'm just not that particularly good at, I think. And, uh, and I don't think that that's anything that you should be necessarily worried about. And it's, and, and, and it comes out of this, um, this knocking on the door of my soul that's been going on since, oh gee, since the early nineties. I suppose when uh, when I first discovered what was then called the New Age, and you remember the New Age, it, it involved a lot of crystals and crushed velvet. Look, I don't know about this whole New Age thing. Everyone has a completely different idea about what the New Age is, and a lot of people are very derogatory about it. I just think we are living in a New Age, and so the the term the New Age is perfect because we're in a New Age. But whatever, people have these ideas about what New Age is: crystals, um, I don't know, hanging. Um, Dream catchers, crushed velvet. I don't know what is the new age. I think we live in a new age. Well, I always called it. See, my 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 disparagement of it was um, I called it um, the uh, you know the collection of arm rubbers because you know guys would come up to me and they'd go, "How are you?" And I go, "Find no, really, how are you?" And I go, "Oh, please, I'm all right. It's okay." Um, and it's it's just a different form of in 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 ways people put so much expectation around everything instead of kind of just being all of it or being you know how how it is and how it fits them and how it suits them they kind of sometimes try to conform you know to certain you know to certain ideas and 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 you know and and the new age was seen as being something that was really, really out there. I mean, crystals and crystal dreamings and the healing power of, and that brought into, you know, energetic readings and all those sorts of things were all really powerful, really powerful things of their time. Um, And they still are powerful today, I suppose. But we move on. We continue on our, you know, continue on our journey. 
And, um, and, and that's kind of where it all got started for me. And, uh, and I worked with a really fantastic lady named um, Rosemary Butterworth, or she was Rosemary Whitfield at the time. And she was teaching meditation, she was teaching spirituality. And it was a, a new world to me because my music projects had fallen over, nothing sort of made sense anymore. And I just felt like I was on the wrong path and needed to find, you know, sort of right, right ship um, a little bit as it were. Uh, and meditation was a thing that I was really, really poor at, at best. Um, because I just, you know, they'd, they'd, yeah, we, we, we come out of a meditation in a circle and Rosemary would say, you know, you know, Justine, what did you feel? And she'd say, I was in a crystal castle and I felt so much love in my heart. And someone would say I was in a beautiful field and there were, there were fairies and sprites around me. And, and then she'd come to me and she'd say, Rob, what, what was, what, what did you feel? And I, and I just go, uh, nothing, nothing, not a sausage. In fact, I used to fall asleep in it. And, and it's only in the last couple of years I realized that your yoga, do you know what I mean? That, that thing that lights you up in terms of your own spiritual energy, your own spiritual life is actually kind of specific, you know, for people. And I know yoga is the yoga means work, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, some people are into um, mantra, some people are into meditation, some people's yoga is devotion, you know, and, and mine, um, I think, uh, was definitely not meditation. So I was terrible at it. So I felt like I was a very bad spiritual person, not particularly good at it. Um, and, uh, and what came about was a, a one, one time was that Rosemary said, oh, we're going off to Scout Hall in Five Dock on Saturday night, there's a lady there and she's channeling Archangel Michael. And I went, channeling, what's that? And she said, oh, that's when, you know, the, the, the soul or the energy or the spirit of, of, uh, of, of Archangel Michael assumes, you know, into the body of the person and he gives messages. And I went, oh, that sounds pretty cool. That, and that really actually kind of tweaked me. So I said, right, let's, let's do that. So myself and my, my sister-in-law, we bought our tickets and we chuffed off to, um, off to five dock on a, on a, on a coolish, uh, winter evening. And we popped into the scout hall and there was a tea with an urn in the corner and, and, uh, I didn't know what to expect. And we sat down in the front row and then I moved to the second row because it didn't want to be too exposed sort of thing. Um, and this person came out and said, now I can't remember, even remember the name of the, of the channel, but for the purposes, her name's Marjorie. You know, so I said, now, everybody, please, can you please settle? Can you send yourselves? Marjorie will be out in a moment. And she's in a very, very expanded state. And she's channeling very, very, very high energies. And I just want you to be aware of that so that you don't fry sort of thing. And, and I went, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, um, Marjorie was uh, literally kind of like led out to a chair. She was in a trippy place and she had a minder on each side who sort of ushered her through and popped her into her seat. And they wrapped all these blankets around her because we were told that in the fifth dimension, it's very, very cold and that she was experiencing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, um, you, know, um, uh, you know, a lot of fifth dimensional energy, which was making her feel chilly. And then um, 
she sat down and we all went quiet and we sat and we sat and we sat and we sat and nothing happened. And then after probably 10 minutes of sitting, we get this, hello dear ones, it is I, Archangel Michael, coming from the fifth dimension, sending you love. And I was so incredibly let down. You were let down? Uh, enormously let down. But why were you let down? I felt let down because I guess inside me there's a knowing that was had a, had a, a knowing that there was more, that there was, I think in the in that book that you talked about, the Peace Angels, you know, um, there's a line in it which says, you know, um, if you look and and find you'll you'll see a glimmer or a glint of something greater than this. And I look at this, you know, and I kind of go, is this it? Surely there's, you know, surely there's more going on. And that was really what I thought I was what I was looking for. What I didn't realize I was looking for at the time was that whatever was my resonant body, whatever was the antenna that was running inside me for the channel was attenuating and it was attenuating at a different level or a different frequency or a different iteration to, to, to Marjorie. So I, I thought that's just really, is that channeling? Really? Is that what it's all about? And so we fast forward a couple of years um, to a point when I was about 29. So this is going back quite a few years, 20, 30, 40, I don't know, a few years. Yeah, gee, I'd be, you know, I'd be 36, 37 now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're Me talking, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 25 years ago. So um, 25 years ago, and I got my first full-time job. So came to Sydney as a teenager, went to NIDA, um, was going to be a TV star, um, then sort of got into rock and roll music and got a, got a record deal, got into a band. And then I was going to be a rock star and everything was happening. You know, it was really, really cool. And then the whole thing sort of fell over, just completely went to, to pot. And I felt I was in a position where I had no options. I had a, a two-year-old daughter um, and had, had run out of ideas on, on the creativity and the creative or the, or the, or the performer's life. And so I'd taken the job and when I took the job, like, it was like, I just, you know, I, I just crumbled, you know, something inside me crumbled. And so I was sitting there one night and I burst into tears because I was about to start this, this new, um, this new job, you know, in the real world. Mm. And at that time, words, it was almost like I was speaking in tongue, but it was tongues, but it was English. This stuff just started pouring out of me about light and about the nature of light. And it was born out of the fact that the kindergarten teacher had said about my daughter that she was, you know, she talked too much and that she needed to be a little bit more quiet when she was in classes and those sorts of things. And this stuff was coming out saying, no, light is just light. It needs to shine. It just needs, the energy needs to be allowed to run the way that it's going to run. It's like a river. It's like a, you know, it's like a current and this current just flows and you must just let it flow through you. And I'm, I'm blah, 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 and it's rolling out. And I, and, and I wasn't in control of it. And this stuff was just rolling out. And Antoinette's looking at me and she's going, he's gone. He's lost it. It's been a great marriage up until now, but now I'm married to a basket case. And I'm going, blah, 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 blah. this is me. Blah, 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 blah. I can't stop this. Blah, 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 blah. Get the crystals. And whoosh, go. 
Get the crystals. Out she goes. She grabs the crystals. Um, and holds my hand and this stuff just runs out of me for about 90 minutes and it turns off as fast as it switches on. And I fell into a deep, deep sleep. And I woke up the next morning and uh, I rang Rosemary and I said, Rosemary, something very, very strange happened last night. Can I come and talk to you about it? I went and saw her and she said, um, darling, I think you were, I think you were channeling. And that was where it started. And um, it. So let me ask you. Okay. So you go to see the channeler, you're disappointed. You're a bit skeptical about the whole new age thing. So you're kind of in your, you know, that sort of skeptical mind. You've, um, you've, you've, you've taken the day job because the dream job's not happening. What sort of state were you in? Were you in a bit of a state of surrender? Like you weren't in the striving anymore. You're kind of in the like, I give up. I don't know. Hands down. I can't do this life thing. Like, where were you? To sort uh, of- quite honestly, um, uh, stoicism, but basically despair. Um, I was despair. Put- you were in despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was putting a very, very brave face on where my life was about to go. And that I really, really didn't want to go there. But I had kids and I'd had a good crack at what I thought, you know, at what I wanted to be the dream. And it just hadn't worked out. And, I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'd literally run out of ideas. And it, and it was potentially at that point where you need somebody or a mentor or someone who says, well, just go back and find a way of making it work sort of thing. But I, the, 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 the me I thought was me, the person I thought who I'd come to the planet to be couldn't express that or it, it felt like every door had been shut on that. So the, 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 it, was, it was a grief, okay? It was a, a lot of grieving for, for, for that which I'd kind of grown up thinking and feeling and dreaming about. Um, mm. That now wasn't going to be the case. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that's, that's where I was at. And it was literally two days before I started a corporate job and I start channeling. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, well, I don't know what this is. So we'll worry about that later. And I put my tie on and I went off to work. So, yeah, so that, that was how that, that was how that rolled. And stayed there for 15 years. No, the channel. The, the... At work. Yeah, yeah, well, longer than that, 20, 20 something years, I suppose. But um, the thing with, with, with channeling and me is, I guess, you know, look, I guess I'm just a bit of a um, piker. A piker. Yeah. Okay. So for people who don't know what that word means, Australianism, you piker. No, I'm a coward. <laughs> Um, somebody, what's a piker? How do we explain? Somebody that um, is scared, someone that doesn't do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, he says, he's, or, or, or gets to a point of, of decision and backs away from that point. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, uh, the, the, the channeling was exciting and energizing, but I couldn't make sense of how it worked in my life. And a lot of people always say, well, you just don't, you just do it anyway. But it's sort of, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great in theory. But, you know, when, you, when you're in your 20s and you've, you've now got responsibility you didn't have before and you think, well, no, I've got to do right by a whole lot of people and sort of factors as, as well as that. So I, I could never kind of work out what it was. And that was probably a mistake that I was trying to work out that it was going to be a thing that I was going to be like, I don't know, Esther Hicks or 
whatever. Yeah. So, okay. So it's kind of like this stuff starts channeling through you. What do I do with this? Yeah. Like, how does it, how does it make me money? How does it support my family? How does it, how does it uplift the planet? How does it, what, what, what? I I knew how it uplifted the planet. It was more, it was more egotistical than that. It was, how does, how does it pay the rent? How does it, you know, feed my family? How does it make me famous? How does it make me famous? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did I go to NIDA to be an actor? I love acting, but you know, um, I went there because in year 11 or something, I was in a musical and I did a reasonably good job and a girl clapped so hard she fell off her seat. <laughs> I want to do that. That's me. Oh, darling, she probably fancied you. <laughs> And it was, the same, it was the same thing with music, love music, love the expression. But then there was, there was not notoriety and privilege and it was, it was different to the mundane and the ordinary and the everyday. And, and I loved that. And, and I wanted to, I remember coming home from studio um, at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or something and I'm strung out and I've been recording all night long and I'm sitting on a bus of all things, catching a bus into the city to go to where, where, where I was staying. And I'm going home and everyone else is coming to work. And so I was moving directly against that tide and I felt so powerful in that, you know, and I went, that's awesome. So yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had, you know, I'm a terrible ego, uh, always had a huge ego. And, uh, and well, we all do. I mean, that's why, you know, we come to this planet. We, we, uh, we pick up an ego on the way in and uh, then we have to navigate this world through it. And, um, but, you know, there's so many people waking up to their channeling abilities and I think that they have a, a, the same question. Okay, this is happening. What do I do with it? And, um, yeah, we've got the internet now so people get on YouTube and start channeling and put their channeling out there and people yeah. listen and stuff happens. So, uh, Good que- but, it's, you know, big question, what is, you know, what is channeling? Yeah, what do you, how do you perceive channeling? Because I've got my ideas. What, what, what are your ideas of channeling? Well, in the information that's come through through me over the years, and and I'm I'm not a um, a limited channel. I don't channel, you know, a person. Like I'll channel Elvis if you want. It just depends on what the room calls. You know, um, I'm a servant of or a conduit for that energy, and it's actually called by the people who uh, um, you're doing it for, or who are in the room, or the circumstance um, in a, in a given time. And so it's, it, it, the information was that, you know, basically what, whatever you can imagine is real. So, you know, how do you see auras? Imagine what, if you could, imagine if you could see an aura, what would you be seeing? The next leap is that's real. And the same sort of thing with the channel, which is imagine if someone else, and that's sort of how it started. Imagine, imagine if this name that's just popped into your head wanted to speak through you, what would it want to say? And it was, and you go, well, I've got no idea. Well, good. We'll get out of the way and let it go. Yeah. So. I want you to repeat that. Whatever you imagine is real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the great ruses and the great tricks of this reality that we're living in is that we think that there's real and that there's imagined mm. and that the two are separate and, and that they're not, you know. They're just not. And you'll even see that in the fact that um, I imagined this or I thought this, you know, thought and imagination are, are, um, are almost, you know, mutually, um, in, you know, entwined. Um, you know, and people kind of go, oh, my thoughts create things. Well, duh. Well, so does your imagination. You know, it's just because it's... Well, imagination is thought, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. 
it's as real as you know as anything else so that's what that's if i was going to try to help people understand that everybody is a channel you know everybody is a channel and then your imagination is perhaps a construct of your ego to make you feel smart or make you feel awesome in some way and you kind of go well that's great you are awesome anyway so just forget about that and just let that imagination run let it run and let it express itself in the most organic way that you can think of for me it's channeling for other people it could be drawing for other people it could be writing for my mum it she's she's a channel cook do you know what i mean like she Mm. you eat stuff and you feel different you know do you know you know and Mm. that's you know that's and, and and it starts with some spark inside you and and which your ego is desperately trying to get some skin in the game and so just give it the skin in the game just say yeah this is my imagination but it's as real as this Thing we're doing now you know okay so apart from i have to say have you got a copy of the book there i forgot to get my copy uh the peace angel book yeah hang on so apart from writing the words down and putting them in that book because this book is one of the most beautiful books it came out how many years ago it's got to be 20 years ago now what mm, uh 18 years ago 18 years ago and uh just the most beautiful book obviously antoinette uh, your wife um, was an acting teacher for many years, you know, teaching, teaching beautiful young individuals how to be actors. And so she very um, sort of, I don't know, passionate about her spiritual mission, dressed up a whole lot of beautiful actors and got a photographer and made this book. And then you, and, and she had these photos and then needed the words. So she turns to husband Rob and you channel the words for the book. Yeah, well, yeah, that that was a very funny, um, that was a very funny story because she she was being not haunted because that, that it wasn't haunting, but she was being persistently nagged. Yeah, angels say, "Come on, come on, do it, do it, do it." And she had this idea. She she had this concept of. She kept seeing angels in everyday places, mm. and then she was talking to people about it. And we even went to New York with a whole mess of pictures and, and sat down in front of. Um, Simon and Schuster in, in New York <laughs> just cold called them and got a, got a meeting to go and pitch. And when we pitched them these, these images and they went, that's fantastic. I just, I don't see a book. And when we came home, she said, I need a book. I need a book. I need a book. And she nagged me about needing a book, needing a book, needing a book until one day I came home from work and she just said, I just need a, I just need some words. I need a book. And I said, all right, well, you're cooking dinner. <laughs> so I disappeared into a room and literally just, that which was seeking to emerge as a friend of mine says emerged and the words in this which we submitted to the publisher i called them draft eight or something like that and he the editor read them and he tested out a few of the words and then he said okay we're going to leave it it's fine you you clearly you've got some skills in this you've been through it so much that we're going to leave those words as they are so draft eight, which was in fact the very first set of words that came through the keyboard, ended up being published. So it came out first draft perfect, which is you when can... you know it's not you. Yeah, which is how channeling happens. Yeah, That's exactly how it works. It's, yeah, it's not you. And and I still I, I read it today, and I go, you know, um, I find it, 
um, a, a quite a humbling read because, you know, I know I have the credit for the words, but you know, I was, I was, I was just the guy with the fingers really. Yeah. You know, the angels always say, to remember that you're not alone and really that's the message of the book you know putting angels in everyday places mm. um, my daughter was so inspired by the book when she was little she used to um, draw the I've got a picture in my bedroom of the little of the guy in the boat with the yeah. angel sitting and that he's fishing and there's an angel sitting in the back of the boat and she yeah. drew that you know she, she used to go through the book and, and take out images and draw them because she was so but I, I have a relationship with the book too I you know, I've told this story a few times. I don't know if I've told it on the show, but I was um, uh, sick of my mob constantly teaching me and I said, okay, you guys shut up. I want to go out and drink red wine and talk nail polish and not talk anything spiritual or angels or any woo-woo stuff. I'm over it. I want to just be a normal person that talks about frivolous, silly things. And I went to a bar and met this guy who told me about his trip to India and how he had this healing and he's like telling me all this spiritual stuff. It's like I couldn't get away from it. I got in the car to drive home. And I was like, you can run, but you can't hide. I get home. I go through the book. And one of the angels sitting in the building in the city was the guy at the bar that was talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the angels in your book. And I'm like, really? I go to a bar to talk about frivolous things. And I meet this guy, you know, who ends up being in the book. And I'm like, I just can't get away from it. You can run, they said to me, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> so, yeah. Walking down the road in pyjamas and, uh, and Emma, who is our eldest daughter, was a photographer on the shoot. And, you know, we, we, we met him and we went, he's a nice guy. And we said, Emma, he's a nice guy. And she goes, oh, pissed off, I'm too busy. About five years later, they met again and, you know, now they've been married for 12 years, three kids. <laughs> It's just, you just. Don't you love it? Yeah. Okay. Love it. So when did Master Jesus start piping in and how did you know it was that energy? Many, 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 many years ago, um, Master has, um, I believe, in, in the way that uh, the energy manifests through me, um, three iterations. Um, in his human form as Yeshua ben Joseph, in his Christed form as Jesus Christ, and in his ascended form as Lord Sananda. Okay. Mm. So in the early days of the channeling, um, I was so into extraterrestrials, I still am, just into anything to do with space people. So um, a, lot of you, a lot of your listeners might know of uh, what they will, they'll know the Ashtar Command. And so I first really understood what, was going on that that channeling that had happened on the first night was this kind of extraterrestrial energy that was running through me. And, um, and I started channeling Ashtar and, um, Ashtar and Corton and, uh, and then another energy uh, named master Delphor, who was the master of protocol on the Ashtar command. And all of a sudden we had this whole kind of Star Trek thing going on. And, and I learned over time, I thought that was my destination and it was really, really cool. And people thought I was very, very cool. And I thought I was a bit famous and, you know, again, the ego. And as soon as that came, the channeling kind of stopped for a while because I'd back off because I, because something in me knew that this is not right. Decadence and personal advantage isn't the point of this service that you're giving. So I, I, I've had a lot of stop starts um, through my life. But when I came back to it, you know, you kind of start here and then you'd go to here. And I thought the Ashtar command was kind of it. And what I realized was it was just an attenuation. It was a layer, if you like, 
energy was layered to this whole incredible stuff that was happening up here. And up here was Metatron. Up here was um, Mother Mary. Up here was Archangel Michael. Up here was Lord Sananda. The Ascended Masters. Yeah, Lord Sananda. So I all of a sudden started hooking in to, to, you know, to them. And there was Katumi and Saint Germain and Hilarion and Serapis Bay and Sanat Kumara and all of these sorts of things and Sai Baba and it was all that sort of stuff. And then one night, this really, really direct, far off signal, I'll call it, you know, mm -hmm. like beacon a long, long way away, sort of came in through me and it was, um, and it was Lord Sananda. Mm. And that was, you know, in like, a, it was, you know, it was incredible, but it took a lot of, um, I actually had to change, I had to institute an exercise regime. I had to change what I ate. I had to, you know, change my habits, gave up smoking, started drinking less, all that sort of stuff, because my body literally couldn't manage the energy that was coming, coming through, mm. um, you know, uh, you know, uh, vertigo, labyrinthitis, the, all these sort of physical manifestations mm -hmm. that didn't have my, my energy, my physical body couldn't match the energy body. Um, and, and that took me into, you know, getting fit and stuff. And, and, and that was really, really helpful. And as that happened, the signal got stronger mm. and it became more grounded more and the information became less, general you know it's all light and we're all beautiful into mm. more specific stuff mm. and the, the then then it moved from there and, and about two or three oh do you know probably seven or eight years ago um master jesus started presenting himself more strongly um in in my life and uh, the channeling started being no longer Sananda, but more um, master, more the master. And I was deeply in a, in a stage in my life where I was following um, teach, uh, spiritual teachers or the guru tradition. And um, I came to realize that, 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 uh, that, that Jesus, that, that master was, um, was guru to me and teacher to me. Um, and I had a living teacher uh, at the time as you know as well and then the trans you know i guess the transition then came across to me instead of um looking at 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 at, uh, at, at jesus and saying okay so you know so you know what what's your you know, what are your messages and looking at his life and his messages the teaching started to roll through which was no, 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 water into wine. No, 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 that's not what that meant. You know, Lazarus, no, 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 that's not what that meant. This is what it meant. And this is why it meant it. And this is how we were living. This is what we were doing. Okay, so he started to explain some of his teachings that have been written down in the Bible, like, and, and the stuff that even people that have not read the Bible, there's, they're out there, water into wine, do, do unto others. Paint the world, paint the world that, that, that he lived in and what his mission was. And where he went and where he'd been and who his teachers were. He told you that. Yeah, yeah. And who his teachers were and the story of his initiations and of his taking of the diamond body. And um and and I had all of this stuff. And but I'd never 
chronicled it or recorded it or anything like that because it was seemed to be a, a, um, a an occurrence or a, or a thing of its moment uh, when people were in the room and this is kind of what happened and and two years ago it's almost two years to the day um i was away in the mountains um having a break after um i'd lost my job um and it the job had been so hard and so soul destroying and my soul was crying out so much enough 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 you win sort of thing that um i just went i, I think i'm i think i'm done i don't know that i can sort of do this anymore and and when you're when you're in that stress you get a little bit resentful and you're kind of going oh god you know bloody ascended masters what you see to me how are you helping me i'm miserable and i'm stressed and i'm all these sorts of things and the minute I just stopped, that door opened again, and Master came to Master came to me is as 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 I still I still call him Master, but he presents to others now as Yeshua. Um, and the, the 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 presence in the energy, the presence of the information, the presence of the engagement, became really really strong. And throughout two thousand and seventeen, I had. Um, many many evenings in my home where we would invite people and he would come and he'd sit and and he wouldn't he would give a discourse and then he would say come on let's talk let's just talk what's on your mind and people are asking questions like you know did you die on the cross and he'd say well no of course it didn't don't be silly this is what happened and then and you go oh what and then you know tell me about the judas tell me about the judas kiss and then he burst into tears and go judas was my very very best friend and he didn't betray me he did exactly what i asked him to do and you kind of go, what? And all this astounding um, stuff. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm transcribing it at the moment. I'm 30,000 words in to what is going to be a book about it. And I, I go, what a load of bunker most of the time. So I'm transcribing stuff. I know you've got that fabulous mind, that mind that likes to yes. question. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of go, is this real? Is this real? And what's coming through them, the the profound kind of like, oh my god, I'd never thought of it that way. Stuff again, mm. it's again, it's like this. It, it it's not me. I'm not that smart. I'm not that insightful. I'm not that at peace. You know, um, and these are and and these are the these are the teachings again, um, and. You know, and, and there's, you know, I could go on forever about what the second coming looks like because he's got information, he's got teachings, you know, on that. And, um, and it's, it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's no longer a, um, a how do I make sense of this or what do I do with it? Look, you know, that's someone else's plan, not necessarily, well, it is, in fact, it is my plan, but, um, but it's not a plan that I, I'm consciously or an agenda that I really consciously want to drive. Uh, anymore because walking around saying that you channel Jesus is some ways like putting a big target on you, you know, on your forehead because absolutely it's it's not as if you're it's it's not as if you're it's not as if you're channeling a collective consciousness from a star constellation in a galaxy far far away. Okay, Which is, well you kind of are actually. <laughs> you kind of are, but it gives you calling it but that collective consciousness. Calling just, that collective consciousness Abraham gives you an arm's length, you know. 
um, I'm a, you know, for many, many people, anyone who channels Jesus is a heretic or, you know, or could be the antichrist or whatever, you know, because we've got all of that stuff. And I grappled with it for a while. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've got to give up, give, give up the grappling, but uh, yeah, the name Jesus Christ and, and what's happened on this planet since that story and that life and those lives have been lived and how it's been, the story has been repeated and uh, the different timelines it's lived on. And yeah, it, it causes a lot of con con controversy, controversy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's, and it's also being a middle-class guy on the North shore in Sydney's North shore. You know, it's also just another thing that you run around going, hi, how are you going? I've been challenging Jesus. Would you like me to do it for you? Um, it's, you know, it just does people's heads in, but having said that, there are many people who are really, really thirsty. Well, there are, there are many people that are thirsty and there are many people that are, um, doing it now, you know, putting, putting it out there. I'm channeling Jesus, writing books and saying, this is Jesus. So, uh, it takes a certain amount of courage to do it mm. and uh, p people are doing it. Are you up, are you up for, the, uh, for the job, mm. uh, even inside all the controversy? So do we want to hear from Master Jesus? Um, yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. I don't know. I don't really have any questions uh, for him. Uh, who, who do you think? Mm, okay, that's a big question. We might, we might go into that a bit later. Hey. Have to ask the questions because the core again. One of the great things about the channel is that if you get out of the way, people say, "Can I come and see you?" And I kind of go, "Yeah, yeah." And they go, "Well, this is what I talk about." No, 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 no. I'll see you when I see you, because they've already asked the question, and the question's out there, and then the answer. They come and sit down, and I just start going blah 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 blah, and at the end of it, they go, "Oh my God, that's exactly what I wanted to know." And I think that that's a good confirmation for me that I'm out of the way, you know, that I'm serving the moment as best I can. So it's, it's quite, quite often good not to have questions. Yeah. Not to have the questions. Yeah. Not to know what the questions are. For, for you not to know, or for me not to know. For me not to know. Oh. So do you prepare or, or, or does it just, like you said, that when it happened, it just started happening. There was no preparation time. In order to control it, in order to serve it more authentically and more, um, I guess, humbly, um, yeah, you do prep a little bit. So um, I, I, I'll have to, in order to make sure that I'm doing, doing, doing good by everybody, um, I'll need to do that prep now. Um, so it's up to you whether or not you cut it out. Okay, well, let's go. Let's bring through Master Jesus. Well, Lord Sananda. That's if, if that's if. Yeshua Ben Joseph. Stream of consciousness. Oh. A nice message. So we offer this up to the self of us all. That one cosmic heart. 
that Christed love that lives inside us or we now ignite, we now light, we now allow to shine. Be at peace for around you now are anchored sentinel angels. For in this moment you are sanctified. In this moment you are safe. So allow that which would be your map. Allow that which would be your direction. Allow that just to cease. Just for this moment. Just for this time. And be. No thought. Just that feeling that your heart is growing bigger. And that is your physical expansion. That is your energetic body coming to manifestation. That is the largeness that you feel. Allow that to grow. Allow that to become more. Mm. I observe and I acknowledge the tribal elders and indigenous owners of this land upon which we are meeting. We ask humbly for your permission and we thank you and we thank you. We come here in peace, we come here in love, we come here to nurture the land and we welcome your presence here as observers but not as participants. You're here now. Hello, Hello. and welcome. Thank you. To whom am I speaking? Is it an identity or a stream of consciousness? What he didn't tell you is that the, the line has become increasingly fluid between us now. It is no longer enough. It is no longer purely about I am the teacher and you are the student. For you are that. You are that master. That mastery lives within you and must now be nurtured, must now be powered up, must now be energized. So it is no longer enough for me to sit and to provide nothing but discourse, nothing but jewels of heaven, nothing but the great knowings of the Mother Father. That is not you. That is not service. It is to be one with you. Do you see? I see. The platitudes, the cliches, the we are all one, we are one with all, all that is, have be lost their meaning, they've lost their energy, they've become form, if you like, uh, like a cup, like a, a, a paper cup. I am that I am. And you look into the cup and what do you see? You see the bottom of the cup. Because the cup has lost its content. It has lost its substance. It has lost its meaning. Because 
and as though you do not believe that intellectually you understand it but in your hearts you do not believe that so we sit before you i come to you and i say to you you are perfect the mother father loves you i lived a great life i am a master you are all masters you sit there and intellectually you see that is him i am me we are not one we are different because he is the christ he is the master i could never be that think about what it means it is even written in the book it says he died for our sins Take that karmic energy, absorb it all so that you no longer think that you are anything other than that. Beauty. Truth. Intrinsically connected to all that is. The body is the cup. That is the mind. That is the intellect which says, hmm. I understand that concept. I can find parameters in a framework in which that makes sense to me. But if you truly understood, if you utterly connected to that, to that understanding, then you would no longer just see that cup, you would understand that its substance is you and you are it. That you make it. That you access it at will. That it lives within you. That those weird hunches, those insights, that thinking, those thoughts, those ideas, that imagination, these impulses, these brief aha moments are that all that is and if that is the case why do i stand before you as one who knows more than you i say this to you today now what have you to teach me? I am eager to learn from you. I am with you. You are that magnificence that you see in me. We are that. Well, you've answered the question that I was going to ask. For people who cry out to you in times of need, or maybe not, not in times of need, but many people have asked Jesus for a healing or a miracle, and it's happened. What is the power in speaking to Jesus? What is the What's happening there? 
for those people, I become merely that gateway, merely that fulcrum, that switch, if you like, to their magnificence. You pray to Jesus, you pray to the master to bring healing, bring miracles, whatever it is that is your paradigm or framework. For that, it's a place for you to park your hope. It's a place for you to park your faith. The next step is to understand that as eternal multidimensional beings, if you took that which is out, you believe and see is outside you, the faith in Jesus, and place that within you, because it is you, then you would understand that that prayer, that that prophecy, that that manifestation, that that creativity, we call it whatever it is that you will, is in fact you. It is you at work. You see, if you understand, if you really truly understand that heaven in earth is not coming because it is here, it is here now, this is the paradise, this is the Eden, and if you do not like what it looks like or what it feels like, then get on and change it. And how do you change that? With the power of your intention, because you are God. You are that. And once knowing that, how can you play small? How can you say, please, Jesus, take away this pain. Please, Master, come to me and help me through this difficult time. You are that Master. I will walk with you in the moment you will hear my voice you will feel my breath you will see me in everything around you because the fabric of your creation will shift it will move it is all energy do you see that yes it helps us and when i say that us I'm speaking in the one vernacular. It helps us as we chart this series of experiences through this life. It helps us understand why did we come here? Because you came here to know that you are God. And there are those who will do that by knowing what God is, some by knowing and experiencing what God is not. I was speaking to the channel the other day. We were speaking of the atheist. The atheist is magnificent. The atheist in many ways is realized. The atheist chooses to experience God through nothing. No thing. A place of emptiness. And you must understand that inside that emptiness is no thing. There is merely potential. Potential is opportunity for anything. Limitlessness.
So while you may look at the atheist and go, that poor soul, he will wake up one day and realize that he was wrong and that there is a God. And then there are the others who believe and they will wake up one day and they will say, ha ha ha, I was right and you were wrong. There is a God. That will not matter because at that point it will be, hello brother, hello sister, hello mother, father. It is good to merge with you again in love. Master, what would be, if there is one, your main message to humanity at this time of great shift? That you are perfect. Two, that it doesn't matter. You come here from the eternal infinite. You enter this realm in a state of utter perfection. Original sin is not about a man and a woman and an apple. Original sin is the first hint of that which is not God that enters you in the form of thought at your point of entry into this world not at your point of birth at your point of entry at your point of genesis yes you came here in perfection then we fast forward through a period of time linear time because time is not linear but in this world it is linear time we get to the other end and it matters not if you were good, if you were bad, if you were evil, if you were happy, if you were sad. You decay. You cease to exist in this form. Your soul is liberated. Your energy returns to the internal infinite. Or perfection. So we start perfect and we end perfect. So we already know, we already know the end result. We already know the outcome. The outcome is perfection, is returning to the heart of the mother, father, to the central son, to Gaia, to call it what you will, to that point of pristine perfection from which you entered, you return. We know. Look inside your heart. Stop. Close your eyes. Think. Look deeply. You know that is true. You return to that. If that is the case, how can you lose? This is the challenge. This is the great moment of utter responsibility, of absolute accountability for who you are as a being which is if i am perfect when i begin if i am perfect at the end then what do you choose what do you want to do how do you want to spend that time because regardless of what choice you make regardless of that decision you will end in perfection that is impossible to avoid 
So, you are now free. You can now choose anything. So this bit, this bit you call your life, this bit with the highs and the lows and the peaks and the troughs, what are they? They are the experiences that you chose to create so that you could understand your true divine nature. But you want to receive and understand your true divine nature now, then choose, make that decision. For some, they will not experience that true divine nature, that utter and ultimate realization until they reach that point of return perfection. That is fine. It doesn't matter if it's here or here. It's coming. It doesn't matter whether you succeed or fail. It's coming. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It's coming. You can do whatever you want. You can watch movies for your entire life and you will still end in perfection. You can eat donuts until you become comatose with sugar and you will still end in perfection because you are perfect. So once someone has that realisation of their perfection, then what? What do you choose? So what do you want? It's a playground. Go have fun. The mother, father's got your back. They're looking out for you. They're looking after you. They'll make sure that you don't hurt yourself. And if you do hurt yourself, you end up in perfection. You are free. You are free. So let me ask you, Master, this is not the only world in which your stream of consciousness has taught, is it? That is a good question. The Christ energy is eternal and it is interdimensional. And it is also um, um, manifest and channeled through others. Think of Sri Satya Sai Baba. He was called the cosmic Christ. Yes? Mm. 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 He read from the chapters in the book about conduct because this is not a message that is um, nihilistic or, or meaning that life is meaningless or pointless at all. It really is about the expression of your divine truth and of your divine self through your body. And that may not be to eat donuts and watch movies. Hmm? Hmm? If you are here to be that beautiful and pure expression of the mother father's love for us, how will that express? How will that express? How does that express through you? For example, how does that express through you? It expresses through your wonderful ability to speak, to meet, to talk, to share stories, to bring ideas together, to disseminate, to train, to mentor, to heal. Yes. That is your expression. 
So in that point of truth, we rarely ever would wake up and choose to take a low vibrational path, um, a place that would be energetically corrupt. It is not as if we go, well, if it doesn't matter, I'm now going to just go and steal a car and rob a bank. It doesn't work that way. Because Sai Baba, who read from the book on conduct, said that does not energetically align with who you are. That is not your expression of the mother father's love for you and for us. Right? Mm -hmm. Guys, your choices. It pushes your choices. It makes those choices compelling, unavoidable. So when you were on earth, what was it that you were trying to teach humanity? The same thing, I suppose. I suppose that's the same question. Teach humanity anything. Galilee was the size of a, um, a municipality. If the census was taken, we're talking um, people who numbered in the thousands not the hundreds of thousands and not the millions. So an entire pantheon of thinking and of teachings has grown out of a very, very, very small patch of land next to a lake. I had returned from the East and I had learnt much. I had been taught by many, many wise men in the East that I had come to take my initiations under the mastery of Padmas and Baba. That was ironic, for he had not incarnated and would not incarnate for many hundreds of years, but that energy. I spent much time in the high country being taught by him, learning his lessons. And I was doing that because I was questioning my Essene traditions and my Essene education. I was brought up and educated in a very, very strict way, a very um, almost like scholarly theological basis. And yet it didn't feel love. It didn't fill me with love. So when I returned, you would effectively looked at me as a, being a Buddhist. I believed in one single light, one source of divine consciousness and divine truth. So I was not a Hindu and, and I did not believe in the Buddha versus Allah versus, it was all one God. And those mysteries, that energy work that I had been experiencing that i had been that field i had been playing in when i returned i shared and i shared with anyone who would listen and much like um much like small gatherings 
I would be invited to people's homes into village compounds to sit and talk about my adventures, tell stories of what I had been doing, where I had been, because it is a big world. It was a vast world compared to that small patch of which I spoke. And I had been traveling along the Silk Road. I had been through the trade routes and into the East. So it was as though I had returned that I'd come from outer space. People were very interested. And I wanted everybody to know that just like them, there were others who were like them. And the love of God that drove and informed our lives, drove and informed their lives. We were not different. We were the same. And within that, I was quite political. I was critical of the status quo, of the powers that be, mainly um, in our spiritual community and in our spiritual lives, because the dogma which drove and was shrouded around their teachings that this was the only way, there is no only way there is your way i am the way and the light is i am the way and the light not i am the way and the light i am the way and the light do you see mm -hmm. and that great central i am presence that one singularity and our journey to that is the truth our rules that we divine for ourselves through our responsibility of understanding and knowing that we are that drives that truth. Not a book, a manual of that which is and that which is not interpreted by uh, gender-driven intellectuals who no longer connect and respond with their heart but merely with their minds because their egos have now overtaken their capacity for true compassion for humility and for the unbelievable vastness of the knowledge that lives inside them and inside all of us that is what i railed against how did the teachings of a teacher or a prophet to a small group of people become over a couple of thousand years, the phenomena that it is today? People have, wars have been fought over this name. People still abuse each other on the internet over this name. Uh, I suspect that the comments on this show will be interesting because of this name, Jesus Christ, how did it come? How did it become this from a, the teachings of a prophet or a teacher to a small group of people? Do you know? What happened? I never set out to do anything but to know 
myself and my relationship to the mother father i had 12 students hmm? <laughs> It was seen that, that these teachings, because they would resonate with people, obviously they were written down. And from that, we formed the books and the chronicles, which we now call um, Christian teachings and Christian Bibles. But remember, I was christened a Jew. I became a Buddhist. I was never, ever a Christian. It was um, Peter who traveled and that was the idea there was only so much that i could do and there were other things that i wanted to do i did not want to spend my world and my life traveling the lands talking to people about what i believed in and why i thought that they should believe in it as well they were just what the information is just as the information is it was taken on the gospels were then written but the gospels that we have the gospels that we see have been edited and censored to such a degree that they now are merely a shell of what they used to be and what they were and what they were intended for. So think about that. Are they the truth or are they now propaganda? And now if they are propaganda, then they are devices of many people's agendas, those many of whom I know not. We could go through history and through time and understand that caste systems, if you like, are built on those who are deemed to be closer than God and those who are not. So there is a whole societal structure that is put in place as a result of the propagandizing, if you like, of the texts and of the teachings. And if that is the case, then they are like a book of spells. They can be used and manipulated in any way that the user feels called or driven or desires to do. That would explain a lot. For when two sides are fighting for God, that is the truth. They are. Their perception, their understanding, their desire, their ego-engaged mission of what it is to be God. And that is not what the teachings are. Mm. so if you didn't uh if your physical body didn't die on the cross mm -hmm. what did you do after the crucifixion i healed for a period of time i healed and i rested And I did not leave my homeland oh, for a matter of three months. 
Because was I nailed to the cross? Yes, I was. Were steel pins hammered through my palms? Yes, they were. So healing needed to occur. It is very difficult to walk when you've had pins nailed through your feet. They were poorly, badly, badly, not disfigured because they healed, but they required, they needed to be strapped so that the bones could knit effectively so that again I could walk. The same thing with the hands so that again that I could use them dexterously. That was a period of three months. The healing balms were Ayurveda, ancient herbs, oils, recipes from the East. And they were very effective. My state was deeply, deeply meditative. You would have not been wrong to have thought that my body had ceased to breathe, but it was deeply, deeply meditative. But I left and I traveled for a, a short distance, only 10 or 20 miles to a village where I could remain. Remember, there was no electronic means of communication. There was no um, postal service. <laughs> there was no way of moving information efficiently across distances. So if that was the case, to be 10 miles from the site of my undoing was a long, long distance. So I rested. And after my health returned, I left. And I returned to the East for a period of time. I went back to do um, more work, to speak again with the Hindu sages and the Hindu scholars. Do you understand their, their methodology? Why all of those gods? Why all of those gods when there is only one God? And in later life, I followed my beloved, where we formed a new life, where we bore children, where we raised a family, where I lived as a farmer, a normal life. And there is much detail and there are long, long stories for that. But essentially, when I left my homeland, I never returned. I was never to return. The resurrection, not the resurrection, the second coming that a lot of religious people talk about, how do you explain that? What's that all about? Well, we should probably call it the second came. The second came. Mm. 
Mm, we need to move past our anticipation of that which has already come to pass. So what is it exactly? It's the re-emergence of the heart of the soul of the mother-father into our lives, in its divine presence, into our beings, into our bodies, into everywhere that we see it. It comes in, manifest in a variety of ways. You are experiencing it now in this very moment, just as you, all of those people you say who are all around the world, who are all channeling the Christ, it is a vast energy. There is much information. There is so much to bathe in and to hold it off as that which will come serves you not. But it does serve propaganda. It does serve. It's very, very good marketing. If you think about it, it is very, very good and very wise create a need that will never be met hmm? but that is not true call it the second came it is here now it is here now you merely need acknowledge that heaven is here now if you acknowledge that then you will begin to refine it you will not kind of go oh it is something I am given all the time in meetings and in communions with others. They say, if this is heaven on earth, why is there so much murdering? Why is there so much starvation? Why is there so much poverty? Well, if that is your view, if that is what you see and that is not comfortable for you, then make different choices. Change that and if that means writing to your local members, so be it. If that means marching in the streets, hallelujah. If that means acknowledging that between our point of perfection and perfection, these are the experiences we choose to create. Then poverty, war, pestilence, rape, murder, pillage, they are choices of divine souls to experience. Mm. Why do we judge that? Why should we not say, Hallelujah to you. Amen to that. If it makes you feel less, if it makes you feel ungodded, if it makes you feel that the mother father isn't there, that is because that is an experience you chose to have so that you could know the love of the mother father. It is here now. I am here now. I am that I am. And we are all that. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. And as quickly as that, he was gone. So how does it feel when you're doing that? He's not gone. It feels like um, I'm a um, that I have a front row seat at the best gig in town. I suppose it's um, it's very um, um, 
it's privilege. It's I mean you say humbling because that's a bit platitudinous, but it's it's a it's I feel really lucky. I guess. Mm. And I feel um, um, logical, like it just feels natural and normal. And it's a funny thing because you, you, when you when you talk about it, you put a whole heap of different or weird, wonderful expectations around it. But there's no better way to explain it than just talk about it. But when you actually if you're in the room or if this resonates for you, you kind of go, Oh, it's just so normal. It's just so, what's the big deal? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I suppose each individual has their relationship with what they believe to be the Christ of consciousness or Jesus Christ or Lord Sananda. And, um, you know, as individual souls and egos, we all have a different perspective of that. And so I would imagine that some people will say, yep, and some people will say no, because they have their own relationship with what they perceive to be that energy. And uh, interesting. And, interesting. And, uh, and, and what people think of it is actually, it's, you know, the old saying is what other people think of you is none of your business. Mm. Um, the only way I can serve it is, is to present it as it is mm. and then over to you yeah exactly <laughs> you you know it's 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 for you called by you and i'm i'm talking in the broadest you you know in the collective yeah. collective you actually he didn't answer that question have you served other worlds uh he went around that skirted around that question because uh, i see um you know jesus or the energy of jesus as um a being that's been in multiple places, like a cosmic being, like uh, like an alien. Jesus is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call this Jesus is an alien. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I called um, uh, working, uh, one of my working titles for the book was um, Jesus Drives an Uber. <laughs> What if God was one of us? <laughs> no, but the message is really uh, about self-empowerment, which is the message that all deliberate creation teachers teach and uh, is that, that you're the creator, that it's not about Jesus or God creating your world. It's about you aligning your energy. And, ooh, 333, three, three, just looked up. Ooh, 333. Three, three. <laughs> That's the Christ of number, isn't it? Oh, that was nice. And, and look, he'll, you know, he, if the room calls the sermon on the mount then the sermon on the mount will be delivered you know and or you know or, or that kind of form of um interaction but it always at the end of it he sort of says so what's happening because masters really you know this idea of the second this idea of the second coming we've got to normalize it in our lives We've got to normalize that that knowing that is moving through us is just us in our absolute true nature, in our authenticity, and to be cool with that. 
you know, and to, and to be cool with that and to work with that because then that's what changes the world that you, that, that is presenting to you that you're not necessarily happy with. Yeah. All this about why is this stuff happening to me? That's, you know, that's, he's just kind of going, cause that's what you created. That's what, that's what you're creating. That's what you're asking for. And they're going, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not. well, if you're not, then make different choices. Yeah. You know, it's really is very much about that responsibility. It really is. You're the creator. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what he's always said to me. You know, years ago when I connected to him, because connecting to the, what was like, when people said the word Jesus Christ, I used to get so, um, you know, like not angry, but just think, oh, you bloody God botherer, you know, like (laughs) sceptical. So to even think that I was talking to what is known as the Jesus Christ was a big deal for me too. But when I was exploring channeling years ago, interestingly enough, he said to me, uh, I never said I was channeling. I just connected to my God presence and spoke from that place, but I never said I was channeling. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) If nothing else, he knows who, and and I won't say he knew because he's a living, you know, the living God that, that the, the the happy copies and the, and the, um, the uniting guys talk about, he is living for me. And, Mm. um, and he, he really knows who he is and he's very comfortable with that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest, most amazing thing, you know, that, um, you know, that, 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 that even in the doubt, he knows who he is, even in the, you know, he, he, you know, um, there's a fantastic story that he tells about when he went into the desert, you know, he went, he went in, he went into the desert on his own kind of going, I got this, I got this, I got this. And he came out of the desert going, I don't know anything because I'm trying to fix this on my own and I can't do this on my own. I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so arrogant. I'm so unworthy. If, if this is the way I'm going to approach things, the way I'm going to approach my life, if this is how I'm going to honor the, you know, the, the, the divine. So, um, we, <laughs> So, you know, and, and you just kind of go, oh my goodness. So all that stuff about being tempted in the desert and all, you start looking at the allegory of all of that inside the Bible and you go, so that's what was going on. But he didn't go in, in doubt and come out knowing it was exactly the opposite. And when he mm. going, I've so got this wired. I so know what I'm about. And he came out and going, you arrogant, egotistical fool. Mm. Well, you paint the picture of him being very human, which is oh. nice. Because I think that people have painted the picture of him being this like uh, superhuman being. Yeah. yeah. And uh, prodigiously yeah. intelligent, but also he's prodigiously not not so much in his he was he was incredibly rash. You know, he was um, he just he played with energy, experimented with energy, like you know he like you know. It was huge into Kundalini yoga, but had a really, really powerful mechanism, powerful instrument for pulling the energy. And he would send himself bonkers from time to time because he'd just say, give me more, give me more, give me more. You know, what's, I want to experience more and more and more of the divine. He'd go a bit bonkers for a period of time. And, you know, and, and none of this is written about. And the only truth, the only existence of this is the stuff, the information that I've been given that I'm writing about. So look, it's going to, you know, stir up an absolute hornet's nest, I'm sure. But it really helps you understand probably why 
there is such a broad energy around him 2,000 years down the track. Mm. Do you think the story of Jesus, which was a question I was going to ask him actually, is the story of one man's life or do you think it was many? I, my, my sense is that it's, it's, there was a physical embodiment of a guy who was a bit like a Marco Polo of his day, a spiritual Marco Polo who really wanted to understand exactly what was going on up there and how it related down here. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that it, I, I don't get a sense that it was multiple lives. Um, he was a multidimensional being, but you know, but I don't know that it was a whole lot of a, a mashup of a whole lot of people's experiences put into a thing called Jesus. Mm. Well, we've been going for like an hour and a half or so. Uh, are we going to finish with the song? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like. Shall we finish with the song? The song. What would you like me to sing about? Oh, I don't know, darling. Just pick one you want to sing about. Channel it. <laughs> Okay, okay. So this is a um, this is a song that um, like a mother song. Holy Mother, Holy Mother. No, you're listening to me. Holy Mother, Holy Mother. A love so sweet, it brings me to my knees. Head at your feet and resting in your arms. Holy Mother, Holy Mother. Is this your citadel for peace? Ananda Neti, Ananda Neti, beyond. The firmament is bliss, Nandanetti, Nandanetti. You come to me across the field of dreams, beyond the known, beyond the real, Nandanetti. Mother of light, sister of the dawn, mother of angels. 
The heavenly fire Birthing to tranquility Birthing to tranquility I know you're always there for me Hey, Madurga Hey, Madurga My life Soul yours to keep. Hey, my Durga, Durga, ma. If I'm awake, I never want to sleep. Is this the boon of what it is to be? Hey, my Durga. Holy Mother, Holy Mother. Beautiful. Oh, I think we might have to wrap it up now. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your story and sharing Master Jesus with us today. I was really grateful for the opportunity and I had a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> and for that beautiful song. Um, so if people want to know more about the channelings and... Yeah, there's a there's a page. Um, it's a it's a closed group, but if you you can hunt it down on Facebook called Conversations with Master Jesus, mm -hmm. um, then I'll happily, you know, just allow you in. You then once you're in, you can refer like-minded friends, and they're welcome to come along. Um, maybe I'm probably I reckon about six months away from publishing the book, so maybe you know we can have a chat about that sometime. Yeah, we can do another one the future um yeah. and uh and if you're interested uh in uh peace angels or all things to do with peace uh, i'd welcome you to go and visit um, um my wife's site because we're basically two sides of the same coin and that's ananda neti n-a-n-a-n-a-n-d-a ananda neti n-e-t-t-i or one word dot com dot com beautiful thank you so much Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Well, what do you think of that? Channeling Master Jesus. That was fascinating, wasn't it? Ooh, I'm going to have some interesting comments on this one. People are going to love it. People are going to hate it. doesn't really matter, but everyone's got their own idea of who and what Jesus Christ is and how he, them, it, she, I don't know, the consciousness, how it's supposed to look when channeled through a, a human being. Just remember that everyone that channels is channeling through their own instrument, which means it's coming out in their voice and their personality, coming through the filter of their brain. So um, that's why the one entity channeled through many different people can be different through many different people. I have to say that the message that came through Rob today is the same message that Master Jesus tells me when he's speaking to me. And if I was channeling him, well, I do all the time, really, but you just see me, my personality, my voice. You just see me talking. 
uh, when I'm doing my teachings and when I'm doing the show as well. So I'm not declaring that it's any other than me. And um, the Christ consciousness is the unity consciousness, the loving consciousness. It is the power of being a deliberate creator, knowing that we can flow our energy and we are the creators of our own life. So we're not seeking that outside ourselves. We're seeking it within us. And that's really what Rob was saying, what Jesus was saying. That's what all great teachers are saying. So thanks again for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive. And uh, I'm not going to plug anything tonight. <laughs> it's the afternoon here in Australia now. I'm going to go and have a cup of tea. So love you all. Bye for now. I was looking, I was looking.